From historic Filipino town in Los Angeles, California, I'm Daniel Crook. I'm Michael Yunez, and this is Hot Dog Bananas. Switch! The Purge and yeah. The Visit and Sinister, and he's done all the, okay. the studio horror movies. So, so you knows? liked Green Room, though? I did. I really liked okay. Green Room. I'm seeing it this weekend, Definitely so maybe, maybe we can talk about that sometime. Maybe we can. Um, uh, so let's, oh, and I saw Sing Street, which was great, and you should check that out. I will. I definitely will. So, um, I'm, I'm perfectly willing to just, like, talk shift about Jungle into Book. the Jungle let's Book. Let's do it. So, I, I want to hear what you got to say. It seems like you've been waiting a while to say it. Well, not yes and no. I just, it, when I was watching the movie, all of my frustrations with it, which were plenty, there were only a couple of them that really incensed me and that I really needed to air out. Okay. Um, but the rest, I mean, but I, I I don't feel like it's fair to open our conversation about The Jungle Book with all my gripes with it. So we should just say that The Jungle Book is Disney's um, CGI haven remake of the original uh, animated film of the same name, adapted from the Rudyard Kipling, directed by John yeah. Favreau. All the animals are CGI. There's one, you know... There's one actor, and it's the kid who plays Mowgli, and mm-hmm. and I mean everybody knows the story, right? He, he's yeah. a man cub living with the wolves, and and he has an uh, adventure with all these animals. Yeah, <sighs> an adventure like that. Certain elements are fun, and others are really boring, and are trying so hard to tie it back into the animated classic, even though in so I found many that strange. O- in so many other instances they're clearly trying to outright reject it or try and like mature it, mm-hmm. like. You, you know what the uh, original animated film didn't have enough of? Like, animals ripping each other's throats out in very realistic ways. So, like, if you're going to go in that direction, don't have don't have Bill Murray sort of hum along to the bare necessities. Be like, oh, it's a song. Oh, you've never heard of it? Swish! So, the first time that it's brought up, it's like I was saying, Mowgli and Baloo, voiced by, by Bill Murray. Um, we can talk about the voice performances later. Mm-hmm. But they're just walking along, and all of a sudden... Blue is just starting to sing the Bare Necessities, just the chorus. Like he's all, he like talk singing it, like not entirely unlike Pierce Brosnan and Mamma Mia, but just like a little, you know, a little more dulcet Tony. And and Mowgli's like, "What's that?" And then you know, there's a little in joke for the audience. And then five ten minutes later, we get actually like some orchestra in the background, and they're both singing it together, and they're floating mm. down the river. And he's like playing Mowgli's like playing the drums on Blue's belly which actually that was kind of sweet um, yeah see the reason that 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 sort of I'm, I'm sort of taking this in another direction if that's sure, okay no, that's but fine. uh but that part you you can forgive that they would break into song because uh the blue character is sort of colorful in that way in that he would be that mm-hmm. kind of sing-songy bear because he's one of the only characters in the movie with a personality yeah or at least he appears to have a personality um, he has but, a little. He has more of like a fully fleshed life. But it is like you much, understand why he makes yeah, the decisions. Like, it is. It is much more egregious when two thirds of the way into the movie, uh, Christopher Walken as a total caricature playing no, King Louis breaks is, into song. This is exactly where I wanted to bring our conversation. All right. It's ridiculous. It's it's and, and pretty ridiculous. So the movie tries to have it two ways. You know, it tries yeah. to be this. I'm not. It's it's not like a Zack Snyder vision or anything like that, but just no. like a darker update of the Jungle Book that still maintains a buoyant tone, but the violence is a little more intense and the and yeah. the fire is very threatening. Um, it's not going to be a lighthearted musical, and yet we randomly break into song another time with his king, with Walken's King Louis, which is just an incredibly mishandled update on the character. Yeah, the song. Well, not only is he just a silly caricature, but the song does not match what he the, his lines preceding the song. I think I think that 
I, it's I Want to Be Like You is the name of the song. I think this is one of the worst stage musical numbers in Disney history. I agree with and, that. And it's that, like, all Walken does, all Walken does is just sit in his shadows, cross-legged with his giant, like, you know, monkey body. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he's, again, like Bill Murray, just, like, sing-talks his way through it. It's mostly in the same shot. There's no choreography. Mm-hmm. The only moment, and, it, and it's trailer-made, is, you know, he's surrounded by all these trinkets and treasures. Mm-hmm. And on one of the courses, like, I want to be like you. And then just, like, takes a handful of the trinkets and, like, in fruit and, like, throws it in the air. And it's like, oh, my God, look at all that dazzling gold and yellow and green. Oh, yeah. And it's like... That's not that's not a, that's not choreography. No, that's it's not. Like a, that, that's a stupid like look over here, look over here. But it's not even like the filmmaking's not interesting. There's no cutting. The, the, uh, the it's a wide frame, but nothing's happening inside of it. So well, because it, it totally breaks the rules. It breaks the staged. rules that they establish in the movie. Yes. Um, and, and, and they don't even get away with it because there's nothing exciting or dynamic about the musical number. Well, yeah, and the song itself doesn't make any sense. The, I want to be like you because before that he's talking about how you need to bring me fire so right. that I can rule the over red everyone. Flower. Yeah, the red flower. He wants to rule over everyone. He does it, and they make it into this like dopey "if I only had a brain" type number yeah. that does not fit at all, and That's a good and reference. it only exists because of uh, Disney's own '67 animated film. I don't think anyone was hungry for an update of that song, or everyone was hungry for a, like a more PC version of that song, yeah. like less like yeah. beep bop bop. But that is not it. Like at no. least at least like the the sort of uncomfortable rendition from the '67 animated film had a little life and a little heart and a little pizzazz to it. There's nothing yeah. in this. He doesn't even stand throughout the song. He's sitting down <laughs> and singing it, and there's one movement, like I said, when he just like flings the fruit and the trinkets around, like Lord. so boring. And then um, this terrible, like this terribly shoddy, um, again, like terribly shoddily directed, choreographed, whatever, action sequence that follows when King Louis is chasing Mowgli through this, you know, these ancient, um, you know, Asian forest ruins. Yeah. um, That is just incredibly hack. And, and there's the idea of, like, Mowgli is trying to get away from King Louie and runs behind a pillar, looks to his left, can't see him, he's safe, look to his right, he's right there! Like, it's, it is so awful, and, and you've seen it before. Mm-hmm. And, and that actually is an example of where, it, like, it looks like the, um, the frame is covered in soot. Like, in, in a very I mean, what, what way. in this movie haven't you seen before? I agree. I mean, I just, I guess, since, like, we're putting our cards on the table here now, I don't find much to like about this movie at all. I hated the movie, to be honest. Oh, thank I, God. I, I think it works on almost no level. I completely agree. Including a technical level. I think it rests squarely in the Uncanny Valley most of the time. There are some impressive CG shots, but for the most part, it's not real. Yes. Make it all the way animated yes. or find some and, other way. And just because the voice cast is great and I think are mostly giving great performances as well, mm-hmm. I think that Ben Kingsley is as like wonderfully sage and taciturn or whatever as sure. Bagheera. I think that... Um, uh, I think that Idris Elba's Shere Khan is wonderful. Yeah. Um, but I also, just to pivot away from that... I also think your movie has a problem when I'm on Cher Khan's side because everything he's saying makes a whole lot more sense than what you're giving, like than the reasons you're giving us to like Mowgli. It's true. Well, first of all, I hate Mowgli. Um, he's in almost every scene in the film. Yeah. I problem number one. I think I think this kid should stay in school. Uh, he does not belong in in a big Disney movie. It's not even. Well, here's the thing: the kid has charisma. The kid's got grit. It's not the kid's fault. It's the fact that he is performing by himself in this downtown Los Angeles it's warehouse, and you can't expect anything more from him. I did have this thought. Um, yeah, it, it's not his fault. I, I found the performance sort of 
cheesy and uh, removed and cold and in its own universe mm-hmm. for sure but that's not the kid's fault it's because he literally was in another movie and, and that, nothing and that, to the, work the, with the set was I think they should have I think if they wanted to make this movie they should have cast it a little older and not just try to cast a kid who looks like again an adaptation of their animated film yeah at least they at least they um, at least they cast the right ethnicity yeah. Yeah, this yeah. this was no Jake Gyllenhaal <laughs> Prince of Persia snafu. M. Night Shyamalan, uh, Last Airbender. Happy Earth Day, by the way. Oh, yeah, Happy Earth you know what, Day. We should celebrate by watching The Happening. We should absolutely not do that, but uh, <laughs> good good idea, good joke. So tell me something that you didn't like about it, because I've got about ten Tell me more something things. that I didn't like about it. Well, um, well, I just told you a couple things. The biggest thing is the kid. We're spending the entire movie with him, and he sucks. He's terrible, and it... It just torpedoes every single scene. My favorite scene in the film is like one of the only ones he's not even in, and that's when. Uh, Ooh, when when um when Sher Khan is with Lupita Nyong'o and Giancarlo Esposito and and the and the wolf pups and and he's just being menacing and it's like yeah, yeah this this is a I want to live in in this. Scene, well, it's because you know? well it, I think that it works on a number of levels, but one just being that since you have the absence of the kid, forget mm-hmm. the performance, but since yeah. you don't have that live action element. It all is able like to make a little more sense in your eyeballs. Like You're right, yeah. You don't have you don't have this weird like piece of um, you know so, so something that's keeping you from focusing your eye or whatever. Mm. It makes sense there, and I think that, like the the animal animation I actually think is pretty excellent. It's impressive, yeah, but it and, doesn't work. No, you know. I and and just on the larger scale, the animation I, I have two points, which are really one point. But I think that the y-axis of this jungle, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean, like the the scale in terms of like the tertiary level going up, like in the trees, yeah. I think that is very well handled and directed. Getting a geography of the canopy level, the ground level, the top, you know, yeah, the totally. middle where Ka the snake lives, like mm-hmm. in the middle somewhere. I buy what a, all of what that. What a waste that scene. Here, yeah, I know. Although once again, you get an example of Scarlett Johansson being the most like sexy, charcoal-drenched, disembodied voice, you know. Ever. She she did all her work for this movie in probably about an hour. Yeah, yeah, probably. She's probably did it in one take. But to, to finish my point, if, then if you look at the x-axis of the jungle and you think about the expanse of it all, and how Mowgli is going from A to B to C to D, like mm-hmm. like you said, it's an adventure and it's it's the plotted adventure where. You know, this is very much a movie built of sequences. Like, this is his time with Bagheera, with the elephants. Now Shere Khan comes. Here's the chase. Now he's going to spend time with Baloo. Now he's going to spend time with King Louie. Like, now he's going to escape these people. And you get the idea that Mowgli has traveled a hundred miles, mm-hmm. you know, throughout this thing. And I think the movie really drives it home that, that, that he's far from home. Mm-hmm. And... At the climax of the movie, and I really hope you don't cut this out because it's a spoiler, because I think that everybody knows the Jungle Book, so I don't think it matters. He runs home in 15 minutes. Yeah. So I, so I think, that I, I, like, do you understand my point? Like, yeah, I didn't even think about like, that, but it's, it's completely, um, I was done with the movie. It collapses then. in on itself, and so, so it, it wants to have this idea of this big, like, expansive world and adventure, and then as soon as they need the, ha- you know, they need the climax to happen, and Mowgli needs to return home... It, you know, it's a 15-minute commute. Makes mm-hmm. zero sense. And what I was saying earlier about why I'm more on Sher Khan's side here, Mowgli torches the forest on yep. his way home. He, he for some reason, runs to the man village, grabs the first torch he sees. The man then, village is clearly hell also. Obviously. Yeah. Oh, oh did, did, did the 50-foot fire not give it away? <laughs> yeah, the silhouettes of people engulfed in flames. Yeah. Ugh. Look at their disgusting bacchanalia. They're awful. <laughs> but so he runs through the forest with this torch. 
he's burning everything in sight and yeah. he doesn't know like an idiot he doesn't know he's a, yeah like an idiot and it's not until he gets back to the forest that Shere Khan's like ha 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 look what you did and he turns around and the forest is aflame and Mowgli's like I, did I do that he's like yeah bitch like did you not notice like that the temperature rose by 50 degrees while you were in the forest it's ridiculous oh and, my and, God. Then, and, and then that he's the hero of this movie he kills so many animals. He kills. Oh my god. He kills so many animals. He Think kills, about all the birds. Which he the- kills so many animals, and and there's a scene where uh, I'm gonna be so bad with the names throughout this, Maybe but I can uh, help. but uh, but the panther, Ben Bagheera. Kingsley, Bagheera, yeah. when uh, when Mowgli is going to is going to fight, uh, uh, and then and then Bagheera slams him down and says no, and I'm like, okay, here we go. This is where the movie's gonna give the message, and then he's like, yeah. you can't fight him like a wolf because you're not a wolf. You have to fight him like a man. You can't use this restroom because you were biologically born a man, Mowgli. Like, it's the same sort of... <laughs> it's basically all the tr- all his man tricks, basically the tools that he's used, and which is frightening to all the animals. So, yeah. of course, they tell him, so you can't do that. Your point is that Bagheera is a bigot, and I agree with you. I don't know that I'm saying no, I'm that Bagheera totally. is a bigot. I'm, 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 I'm uh, not serious. No. I, well, actually, sort of. They were afra- <laughs> they, they were afraid of, of what he could do. Yeah. Uh, and they should be, but when it comes to the big, when it comes to the big battle at the end that just had to be there, he tells the kid, now's the time to use your man tricks because we need your for help. violence. Yes. Oh my that's God. That's the message point. of the movie. It's unbelievable. I, I don't know why it had to be so violent. It didn't. No, I completely agree. I, I think that, um, I think. And just that the 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 standoff with with Shere Khan and Mowgli was was total hack work with the fire and ugh, it was lame. I think that like just the reason why this movie feels so lifeless, apart from the fact that it's a prepackaged corporate entity that relies mm-hmm. on the audience's precognition of the plot going into it, yep. is that if you look at John Favreau's filmography, and, mm-hmm. and I'm not I'm not you know I'm not shitting on John Favreau here, but I'm no, gonna no. but I'm gonna make a point. So you look at his last movie, which is Chef. Which is in a way like celebrating the different ways that you can like enjoy dead animals mm. and how delicious that looks. <laughs> and then, so it kind of makes sense that in the Jungle Book, that it doesn't make it like like that you don't really feel too connected and warm and loving with these animals because he's not the right guy for the job. No, you know. And but but to you know that's sort of like my jokey angle to it but you also take into account that Favreau's best work relies on attitude mm. so the whole reason why the Marvel Cinematic Universe exists is that he and Robert Downey Jr. injected all this attitude into that universe swingers full of it you personalities know. personality and, and Chef works on that level too I think that's exactly what the Jungle Book doesn't have none I agree of the, none of the animals have any personalities I agree because I don't think he had any I don't think he had any leverage over that like I, no i don't think he did at all and over the screenplay which is just full of exposition especially in its first half i don't know how i how i was supposed to get wrapped up into this world of all these animals when all they're doing is talking about their politics it didn't really relate to anything no i agree with it it's like Ugh. it's like my facebook feed these days <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it i was i i mean i i, I hate to 
you know, show my cards here, but 10 minutes into this movie, I was already trying to find things to like about it. I was too. I, like, was... I, I was so turned off and I was like, what am I not getting? Because I know that people love this movie. I saw it on opening day. So like mm-hmm. I hadn't been too colored by hearing secondhand opinions or anything. But... Yeah, everything I heard about it, I plainly disagreed with. I didn't find it immersive in the no, least. No, uh, but, I, I, mean, I thought like, it was like, distant, well, like I said, very I, cold I, and distant. I do think that the environment is immersive when you're talking about these different levels of the forest, like literally levels going up. Like I mm. think that that geography and that scale is very well done. I, but, yeah, but I, I just, I, I couldn't latch on to this kid. <laughs> no, same. It's like the, the worst point of view to, you know, get you through that forest mm-hmm. jungle and his me. mentors were equally as uninteresting you i know? think that bill murray is not good in this he has a couple funny deliveries but sure, it's not enough because he's bill yeah, murray it, it's not enough but i just did did a point in idris elba's camp here though like i think he's one of the only people who because he as a performer he really knows how to manipulate and modulate his voice mm-hmm. in, in in how that can speak you know, how a simple line reading can mean three different things in your head, and so he seems like a very mysterious character, and he knows he's doing exactly that. Like, he's the only one who gives sort of duplicitous line readings from the get-go. Like, mm. and, you know, he's so good at the Sinister game. Like, oh, yeah. it, I think that so performance bread and totally butter. works. Yeah. And I also think Lupita Nyong'o is doing great work. Swish! You know, she does what she can with it. And I feel the same way about Scarlett Johansson. Um, and and I think Ben Kingsley, like I said, does really nice, like smooth work. But he he has the most exposition, so he he takes it like a champ. Walking uh, straight up bad. Walking is horrible. That character is horrible. Oh my god. I just don't understand. Like it seemed like, it seemed like maybe like Bill Murray came in doing like a bit of a Caddyshack thing, you know, like like mm-hmm. really going really going for the rafters, and Walking comes in doing a King Louie, and then Favreau is like, let's take it down a notch. Let's take it down a notch. How's that? How's that? Okay, let's take it down another notch. Like, it really feels like everyone is sleepwalking through these performances. With it. Like, zero personality. And I don't understand why that is. Like, it, it has, if it's not a, it, I mean, it has to be a directorial choice. I can't imagine that every performer comes in deciding that they're going to, you know, um, stay up for 48 hours and then go in to deliver their line. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, that has to be a choice. And it doesn't work at all. Yeah, this movie I, has no life. Well, because nobody uh, again, nobody had anything to work with. The dialogue is is when it's not trite. Nope. When it's not trite, it's really cheesy, mm-hmm. uh, or or expository. It's just a colossal bummer. Although th- it was it, a big bummer. This is nice though. That I think both of our intuitions were correct off of that trailer. I was never. I, I have no connection to the Jungle Book. I know a, a lot of like my older brother was really into the Jungle Book, but it was never really my jam. And I know a lot of people of the of our previous generations grew up with the Jungle Book, and I think that's why there's such a strong critical response to this movie. Not to discredit critics, I think. Do it. But, I, I, uh, honestly, I think that anybody that gives us a favorable review um, was just either blown away by the visuals. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll backtrack. I think that there's two kinds of people. Just to get really like, really cut do and dry it. About just it. do it. There are people that love the idea that this entire movie was shot on a soundstage in downtown Los Angeles and those that don't like it and find that it sucks all the life out of the thing mm-hmm. and that no matter how incredible that animation is, it doesn't feel real and therefore it doesn't feel immersive. Mm-hmm. And because it seems like most of the positive reviews talk about what a transporting experience it is and how warm and full of heart it is. And I, I don't I don't think the film's not trying for those. I think it's trying really hard, yeah. but I don't think any of it lands. I agree. Swish! I read, I like to read those uh, Rotten Tomatoes uh, five favorite films lists. I love where they just lists. Where they just bring in people and give their five favorite films. Yeah. And I've always been surprised how much the Jungle Book 
comes up. I think a whole generation grew up with the Jungle Book. So it's it's very easy to see why critics will be like enthusiastic to pass the Jungle Book on to a, a new generation. But I think the the 67 version is perfectly fine. The only thing worth passing on is the literal Jungle Book in this movie. Those yeah. closing credits that have the little mini dioramas, the pop-up book thing. Mm-hmm. That's really great. Great yeah. animation, a lot of fun. It's sure. stupid that it focuses on predominantly on the King Louie part. Yeah, I was but, over it. But I liked that a lot, actually. Um, uh, okay, so so say you pass this on to the next generation. Yeah. Like, what is what is it that you're going to tell them? You're going to tell them, look, this is a version of what I grew up with. Here, and then, I Xeroxed it for you. And then here, I'll show you the one that I grew up with so that you get most of this one. Just show them the original. Basically, show them the original. what I'm saying is, yeah, show them the original. And I don't think that's a blanket statement for everything. No, it's definitely not. You know? There have been there have been some excellent updates that I wish I could think of off the top of yeah, my head. My, my, this, my uh, family's going to be a pan family. We're just watching pan. I, I brought up pan today. Uh, <laughs> I used it as, as an example in, in, in talking about because Andy Serkis has his Jungle Book movie coming out. Right, Jungle Book uh, Origins. Yeah, and I was talking to my roommate about how how that's gonna how they're gonna market it, and I think they will market it very strongly as a prequel so that they the two can coexist. Um, and I was thinking like, are there examples of that working? Uh, and the only things I could think of recently were Pan and um, there was one more, but it was like equally kind of. Damn it, I wish I could think of it. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Swish! So, um, do we have anything else on the Jungle Book? I'm sure we do. Yeah. I'm sure we do. Um, if we uh, if we put our heads together, I'm sure there is way more to hate. Swish! Totally. So, um, use this or don't use it as a segue. But, speaking of Tilda Swinton, how about the Tilda Swinton truck? The Tilda Swinton pickup? In, in two uh, different ways. In Unbreakable Kimmy in Schmidt. In Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. What do you think of that that whole storyline? I think it's pretty great with Titus and his uh, and his recently out boyfriend, construction worker boyfriend. I think yeah. it's great. I mean, I I like that in every single episode with them. In some way, your expectations of who each of them are is broken in a way. Mm-hmm. Like in the episode when Titus is, um, he realizes that Mikey talks all the time because he has no one else to talk to. Like he and his mm-hmm. friends just sit there silently, which is a great scene, by it's the really way. Sweet, so straight boys. Like they're all just sitting there. It's like, Hey, what's up? And then they just sit on the curb silently together. But mm-hmm. then you find out Mikey's like, in fact, listening, like picking up on Titus's cues, which yeah. are expecting him to keep talking. And he's like, I'm not much of a talker. It's just I like, think, I think there's just great joy in seeing this. Uh, because he was, because the Mikey character was in the first season. He was also, and he's, in, he was also in Thirty Rock, by the way. Okay, That's well, the same well, what he, what he is in the first season is is just this uh, the caricature, the the cat calling construction, construction worker, worker and yeah. to see this character get a, a whole arc in season two where he's just really lovable throughout is just kind of a joyous uh, I completely experience. Agree. No, I completely agree. I love the scene where they where they eat at the food truck and, and Titus like spits out his food and then they have, they a, laugh have a laugh together. It. It's which great. Titus no, it, would never do. So It's very sweet and touching and I'm I'm a fan of it. What can I say? I really I really loved uh, this recent season of Kimmy Schmidt. I um, think it went to like it's kind of funny because I was like nine episodes in or something and then and then you had said to me i heard it takes a dark turn and i was like oh, i don't know mate i guess in a way you could think of it as dark and then the next episode i watched was the darkest episode interesting uh, well, I'm, not, I'm on episode eight or nine i don't think i've gotten there yet but it was really dark for me in a great way and that it challenges 
Kimmy's optimism in a See, way that is where... not directly related to the, I mean, of course it's related to the bunker, but mm-hmm. it's not, you know, John Hamm coming back, you know, claiming no, his yeah, day in court. Yeah. When when she wakes up on the roller coaster in a fugue state, when you think, I mean, it's a hilarious moment when you think about it, like that's incredibly psychologically damaging. It's, uh, and, and, it's and, a type of thing that would happen in Hannibal. Yeah, or Breaking Bad. <laughs> yeah, like uh, but, it's but, not but, not but, a healthy place that she's in, even though she's such a fun character. I love that that whole that first episode with Tina Fey is Kimmy is issuing a cry for help, mm-hmm. and the person who's supposed like the person who's supposed to be receiving the signal isn't getting it, and the whole episode is about her trying to get through to this person. Like, I need your help, mm-hmm. and I think that's really lovely. I think it it goes to some really cool places. And it made me reconsider a lot of the first season and a lot of what this character's been through. Because there's a, there's a line really early on in the first season, might have been the first episode, or when she first reveals that she's a mole woman. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then it might have been Titus who's like, I just have to ask you one thing. And she goes, uh, yes, there was weird sex stuff. And it's like a funny line, but now I'm like, man, this character has gone through abuse. So much. You know? Yeah. She is an abuse survivor, and she's this bubbly personality. Sooner or later, the character is going to have to reckon with it. And I think that's where the show is going to some I really interesting places. And, I, and, and in this last episode, I was having a thought, because I love that sort of cheery ebullience, like nothing can get in her way, unstoppable and unbreakable. But... Basically, I, I realized, like, I was having this moment where, yeah, I love this sort of relentlessly cheerful personality. Ellie mm-hmm. Kemper sells it. It's so funny. But ostensibly, the show goes for six seasons. Is it going to be the type of, like, I Love Lucy sitcom where the characters don't really change that much? Like, yeah, it's... Or are we going to see her complete an arc like we're used to in contemporary it's, television Yeah, see, now? it's starting to feel like the latter. That's what I was feeling, too. And that's so where I'm it's, it's, about it's that. getting interesting. And you think of... Uh, you know, it wasn't conceived as a Netflix show, but you think of where Netflix has taken their comedies, even in the way that they have brought on like Arrested Development, which is a takes the takes the sitcom structure and makes a totally almost over serialized mm-hmm. version of it. Yeah. Uh, and then like Orange is the New Black, which definitely has its progression. Yes. Um, so what you're saying is there's going to be a crossover episode of Unbreakable Kimmy Narcos. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. No, but when you're but when you're when you're using the Netflix model and you're making shows that are designed to be binged, there's they're including a lot more arcs because you don't have to worry about people tuning in here and there. No, I I, I agree with that. I don't know. I think that. that's I think that's pretty cool. I I haven't thought about this that much, and I don't. I'm not even a person who agrees with the Netflix model. I am a big fan of week to week TV shows. Me too. But if releasing everything at once influences uh, sitcom structure in that way, I, I can get down with and that. You mean in that they pack more story in yeah. each episode? Yeah. Swish! I think it's going to continue to be challenging in the way that it's so funny and so bubbly, yet it's about something so dark. It's subversive. Like yeah. it, you, you can miss how subversive this show is. Yeah. I mean, I think most people see it at this point, but yeah, like yeah, with, yeah. with that sort of sunny pop. We're not format. the only ones. No, we're not, of course we're not, not smarter than everyone else. No, no, but it deserves <laughs> to be said. I mean, the yeah, show is yeah. doing a really, you know, and it, Ellie, it, it's an unlikely success story when you I, think about that dissonance. Ellie Kemper, I think, is the best Swish! on TV, and she is a revelation. Um, even though she's been putting in some great work throughout her still young career, I she I works so, her face like an etch sketch. So look forward to to watching more of it just because of her every scene she's doing something interesting mm-hmm. she makes me laugh 
I think, all the time. I think the most romantic thing I've seen on television, I, I have nothing to add there because I agree with you completely. Of course. But going off of Ellie Kemper, I think the most romantic thing I've seen this year is her and Dong picking, um, you know, like silverfish out of each other's hair. Mm-hmm. You know, that's disgusting. <laughs> silverfish is a great uh, But she sells it, and so does he, and the, the writing is good too. Swish! Well, I have to be so bad. I do too, so... Do you so, think we, uh, like, are at a good stopping point? I, yeah. or... I, I think we're good, I think we're good. Yeah, if you need to, you can just, like... I can find a place to fade out. Or well, we could be fading out right now. While I hope we're not fading out right now. I don't have to be... I don't have to be... I have yeah, a... Yeah, I have a... 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 I have